Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful day and a wonderful week so far. Hope you've had an opportunity to get out and work with your dogs. Also, hope you've had an opportunity to listen to some of our past episodes. There's a lot of good information out there for you. And if you've not subscribed to our channel, be sure to do so, so that you do not miss one episode. We've got some really good things coming up. Today, we are going to be doing part one of two parts on separation anxiety. And in a couple of weeks, we will have another episode with Gray and I talking about the top five mistakes puppy owners make. And we're each going to pick our list of five, and we will be discussing that. So let's talk separation anxiety. What is separation anxiety? I mean, we hear the term all the time. You hear the term all the time. And a lot of times I get clients who will call and say, I think my dog has separation anxiety because they're barking when I leave the house and they're barking when I come home. But we can't necessarily be sure that it's separation anxiety until we do a little bit of work with it, a little bit of homework um, and really asking a lot of questions just to see if it's true separation anxiety or if it's boredom. It could be puppiness. Uh, There's a lot of things it could be. So don't jump to separation anxiety immediately if your dog is exhibiting uh, some barking or excessive barking. We are going to talk about what those symptoms look like. But first, what is separation anxiety? Separation anxiety, um, or you can call it separation distress, um, it's basically where the dog exhibits behavior problems and distress when an owner is not home or when owners are not home. We've seen it to where a dog is upset when no one's home 
or when their person is not home, even if other humans are home. So it can happen either way. Uh, just the dog is stressed out. Now, when you're looking at the symptoms for separation anxiety, we're looking for things such as excessive barking. And I'm talking excessive barking, not just when you leave and just when you come back and the dog was quiet for those hours in between, but excessive barking, which will typically come along with uh, some pacing or whining. You may get some salivation, um, excessive salivation. So if you, if you, you know, have your dog in a crate and you come home and there's a puddle, there's a good chance that your dog is distressed when they're in the crate and you're not home. You can also get a dog who is normally housebroken but may defecate or urinate in the home. Uh, this is not a housebreaking issue if your dog is housebroken. Now, if it's a puppy, don't recommend that you leave puppies out free to roam. Um, I like to have a dog at least a year of age before giving them that opportunity and my preference is 18 months, but that's a whole nother podcast or a whole nother episode. Um, you may also get some dogs that are um, showing some extreme symptoms, such as injuring themselves, trying to escape, escape a crate, escape um, any type of, um, you know, room, or sometimes it's just escaping the house in general, where they're scratching the baseboards or scratching at a door or chewing on window sills. Um, now, chewing on window sills is not just separation anxiety. I've also seen dogs that will chew window sills when they are allowed to bark out the window all day and they get really frustrated and they can't get to what they are barking at. And so that redirected aggression goes to your window sills. So it's not always uh, separation anxiety. These symptoms you can get for a lot of different reasons. Um, but, you know, if you have a dog who's chewing up your furniture, chewing up... Um, items of yours uh, really just being destructive and it's not a puppy then you may have separation anxiety separation anxiety goes from mild to severe and today in this episode we're going to talk about mild separation anxiety because with severe separation anxiety that gets a lot more detailed uh, but we are going to talk about mild separation anxiety today and also um, a little bit of um a few ideas on how to avoid separation anxiety. Uh, but let's talk about how dogs even get separation anxiety. You know, if a dog who was, you know, born from a uh, mom and dad and they both suffered from separation anxiety, they have a higher chance. They're predisposed. They have that gene that is predisposed to separation anxiety. It does not mean they're going to have separation anxiety but they are predisposed to it. And then there are some dogs that start out great and everything is good, and then some type of trauma happens and separation anxiety occurs. Now, there's no real scientific proof of what the cause of separation anxiety really truly is, but I'm gonna give you my thought. And my thought comes from experience, and my thought just comes from um, just kind of keeping records over the years with the dogs that I have dealt with. For me, separation anxiety is yet another symptom of a lack of confidence. And that lack of confidence, what it does, is that lack of confidence uh, typically occurs because a dog doesn't know how to handle stress and conflict, and they don't know how to calm external conflict and stress, nor do they know how to calm internal 
stress and conflict. And this occurs a lot of times because of a lack of socialization with other dogs. They've not had the opportunity to practice those skills and use those skills. And so when a dog is unable to handle stress and conflict, their confidence drops. And when the confidence drops, you get symptoms. You get symptoms of um, other types of anxiety, phobias, fears, and those phobias could be noise phobia. It could be a thunderstorm phobia. It could be many different things uh, as far as phobias. And, and sometimes it could be something as simple as an extreme fear of the vacuum cleaner when the vacuum cleaner has never done anything to the dog. Uh, so sometimes when you get symptoms uh, from a lack of confidence, it's not necessarily that the dog has had any negative association with it. It's just something that's strange. It could be that it's loud. It may be a little frightening to them and they don't know how to handle it. Therefore, the anxiety kicks in, the fears and phobias kick in and you get a, you get a dog who likes to you know, run and hide or they cower or they sh you know, shake. So for me, separation anxiety is just another symptom of a lack of confidence. Um, and I truly believe that in order to deal with separation anxiety, mild cases, you do have to start with building up the confidence. Um, and that is the biggest part of it. Building up that confidence, teaching them to think and use their brain, um, how to problem solve, how to learn. Uh, we really highly recommend hand feeding exercises to where the dog is working for its food, not just being fed by hand. Uh, we have uh, some videos and blogs on that on the website, so you can check that out. Uh, so there's, you know, setting expectations in general. Um, everybody does well when they know what's expected of them. It's when we don't know what the expectation is that our confidence can drop. Even if we know what we're supposed to be doing or we know a job really well, uh, if we go to a new business to do this job and the expectations are not set, then you know we lose our confidence a little bit. So dogs have to have expectations. And these expectations can be something as simple as permission to go through barriers and doors, um, how to act during feeding time, doing some hand feeding exercises, getting permission to get on furniture, getting permission to get out of the couch, um, some basic commands. So there's a lot of things that you can do just to set the expectations for your dog so they know that day in and day out, they know what to expect from you. They know what they're supposed to be doing to earn the things that they want. And that is very important. Uh, now, with our mild cases, what we're getting is a dog who may be pacing a lot, whining a lot, uh, maybe salivating uh, some, but is not necessarily defecating. Uh, and urinating, they're not hurting themselves, they're not trying to escape, they're just not comfortable being home alone. Um, and in those cases, uh, we can typically work through it without making any real adjustments to the, to the household. Uh, when it gets to more of a serious separation anxiety, there is a lot that has to be done with that. But typically, I will usually start with um, looking at the nutrition of the dog, because I think if you don't feel good, then you're not going to act well. So with any separation anxiety, or truly any anxiety or confidence problems in general, I'm gonna look at nutrition to make sure the dog is eating well, eating regularly, uh, meaning when I put the food down, the dog eats it, and the next meal, I get the same result. And the dog is consistently eating the right amount. Uh, once I know that that dog is nutritionally sound, uh, then we may do something like a supplement, we may do CBD, 
uh, full spectrum CBD, and we do have an episode on CBD if you want to learn more. Um, CBD is really good because for me, CBD just kind of starts to lay a little bit of the groundwork, uh, which helps for the foundation to get built. Uh, a lot of these dogs don't have foundation, and if you try to put too much on them without a little help, um, it can sometimes backfire to where the dog gets a little more anxious. So we want to make sure that the dog is prepared for the things that we're going to teach, prepared for the changes that's going to happen in the environment. So we will often put dogs on CBD. There's a lot of reasons to use CBD, but for us, the most that we use it is for um, basically building foundation in a dog that's uh, you know anxious, nervous, that just needs a little bit of, a, um, of help to take in all those things that we want to teach. Uh, so once we get the dog on that, we don't jump to medications. We don't want to jump to medications right now because we really don't know, um, one, if the dog needs it, uh, but two, if we can get away with not you know, doing uh, medication even better because we want the dog to learn as naturally as possible. Uh, when we talk about the severe cases, yes, medication is something we will talk about uh, but not if we're dealing with just a mild. Now, how do we know that your dog has mild or maybe it's more severe? One of the things that you want to be able to do is watch your dog when they're home alone or, or video your dog whenever you're not home. So basically setting up a camera and there are a lot of affordable cameras out there that you can set up and you can watch on your phone, watch on a tablet, but it'd be a really good idea to watch your dog so that you know, how long does the dog actually bark? Does the dog bark for 10 minutes and then it goes and lays down for three hours and then gets up and barks for 15 to 20 minutes, takes another nap for an hour and then gets and starts tearing up items because it's bored. So it may not actually be separation anxiety. So having a camera and setting it up can make a huge difference in knowing whether your dog truly suffers from separation anxiety or does your dog just suffer from boredom. Uh, so that would be the, the big thing that we're going to do with our separation anxiety. So we know where it is and where you fall on that spectrum. Now, the other thing that you can do if you're not sure about your dog with separation anxiety, um, you can make sure that uh, you give the dog plenty of physical and mental exercise before you're leaving at home for a long period of time. Now, physical exercise is important. But for me, this is not the most important part of helping a dog feel satisfied. Physical exercise, especially if we're walking our dogs or running our dogs, that's only going to increase their stamina. And so it's going to take more and more to get them truly worn out. But if we're doing mental stimulation, then you have a dog who is um, tired mentally and they're more satisfied. They're not as bored. So they're more than likely going to relax when you're not at home and really probably be happy that no one is home bothering them, especially after we've all been kind of stuck home for the last few months, several, several months, um, you know, your dog actually may enjoy you leaving the house. Um, and as I brought that up, I'll go ahead and say that more than likely, if your dog did not suffer from separation anxiety before, when you do go back to work and kids are back in school and, and the routine changes, there's not a large there's not a, a large percentage of your dog going to get separation anxiety right so if your dog did not have separation anxiety before more than likely your dog is not going to exhibit it now uh, 
Now, if your dog was, has a predisposition to it, then that could absolutely throw a, a little wrench um, in the works. But just kind of, you know, get that camera set up and let's just see. Let's see what your dog is doing. Another thing you can do is make sure that you give it lots of enrichment. And we put an um, episode out on enrichment that you can listen to. And it talks about different ways to get your dog some stimulation, some confidence building, and just really satisfying their mind and satisfying their brain. Um, and if you can do that, like I said, a lot of times they will relax when no one's home. Another thing you can do is to associate positive things when you leave the house. So um, doing like a frozen stuffed Kong that the dog gets only when everyone leaves the house or another fun toy or reward, food reward that they would get that would be long lasting. You wouldn't want to just give a cookie because that's not going to last long enough. But something like a frozen Kong, um, that can be really good and the dog should only get it when you are not at home. And um, I would recommend confining your dog just so that we know that the dog is not tearing things up because it's bored. Uh, because if the separation anxiety is there, you're going to see it in confinement as well as freedom of the, of the house. Now that confinement is not necessarily a crate. It can be a laundry room. It can be a, a room with a baby gate. Uh, it can be just the living room with baby gates set up. You have to find what works best for you. Um, you may not have to confine your dog. So use that camera to find out. But we do recommend confinement just so the dog is not hurting themselves or having too many options to go through throughout the day. Pacing through the house, looking around, seeing if, if anybody's home, looking out windows. Um, it, you know, it just gives them a lot more to do than they probably need to if they're already anxious. So I like confinement for that. And then just giving that special reward when you're leaving. And then when you come home, you need to make sure you pick up that special reward and you put it away. Uh, this is, even if the dog has not touched it, you still need to pick it up and put it away. And, you know, once you do this some, you're going to find that the dog is going to get really excited when he sees all those cues of you getting ready to leave because he knows he's going to get that special frozen Kong. And if you've confined him in a certain place, he's probably going to go run and get in it and wait for you to bring him his special toy. Um, and I'd say in that case, you probably didn't have separation anxiety or it was so mild that um, that, that kind of fixes the problem. Um, and even if your dog does not suffer from separation anxiety, I like to do the special Kong or the special reward when leaving for younger dogs just so they learn that me leaving is a positive thing, especially if I've been home with them quite a bit. So if you've gotten a, a new dog during quarantine, then this is something you may want to go ahead and start doing. And you can easily start it with giving them the Kong, um, you know, confining them, giving them a stuffed Kong, and then leaving the house for one to two minutes. And then come back in, take it away, let the dog out of confinement, and then spend the next 30, 45 minutes just doing normal things around the house. And then again, give him the Kong in confinement, leave the house for one to two minutes, and then come back. So you don't want to just practice it when you're going to be gone for hours on end. It's good to practice just small, um, you know, one to two minutes and then working up to, you know, 10, 15 minutes. You don't have to go one to two minutes to three to four minutes. Um, the reason I like to do shorter, because I want the dog to truly understand that when I come back, that special Kong is going to go bye-bye. And so I want them to know that it's important that they kind of get into that uh, right when I leave the house. And, you know, that way they're not even having to think about 
uh, where I'm going or what I'm doing or how long am I going to be gone. All they know is that I'm gone and I get that special thing. By the time they're done eating on it, they're going to be sleepy. They're going to rest. Um, and we've gotten through half of the issue. So, you know, if your dog is possibly showing a little separation anxiety and, and know that if your dog barks when you leave and is barking when you come home, more than likely that dog has not been barking the whole time. Um, you know, especially if you have dogs that live in apartments or condominiums, townhomes, where there's a lot of noise, those dogs could easily be barking at noises from neighbors, uh, and it's not separation anxiety. So don't jump to label your dog uh, with separation anxiety. Set up a camera, start to really do your, you know, daily research of watching your dog, and just see what you're getting. Um, and that will give you a really good idea of, is it separation anxiety? Is it boredom? Is it just puppiness? Um, you know, it, it, is the dog just got so much energy because I'm not giving what it needs? Uh, you know, what exactly is going on in the dog's mind? I will tell you that a lot of dogs that do suffer from separation anxiety uh, do typically have other issues, other fears and phobias. Um, uh, sometimes it might be fear aggression or, uh, you know, thunderstorm phobias. So they're, they're typically going to show other symptoms of that lack of confidence. So if you have a very confident dog and you just hear some barking when you leave or come home, the chances of your dog having separation anxiety is pretty low. Uh, so set that camera up and just see. And even if your dog does not have separation anxiety, it is good to give them good mental stimulation before you leave so that they have that satisfaction. Uh, of course, physical exercise is there. Going for a teaching walk where the dog is having to stay tuned in, maybe a little bit of fun for a sniffy walk, but keeping the dog really mentally stimulated, even if it is on a walk, will help that walk uh, be more successful in tiring the dog out, not just physically, but mentally. So that's what we're going to talk about today with separation anxiety. Uh, this is part one. We will do um, separation anxiety part two. We will talk about more severe separation anxiety next week. And, um, and I hope that you don't have a dog that suffers from that because it can be really rough. But we will get into that on part two of next week. In the meantime, check out our videos on the website. Check out our blogs. Be sure you check out the other episodes. And if you know somebody that has a dog with possible separation anxiety, you know what? Send them this podcast. Send them the podcast so they can listen to the different episodes and start working with their dog and start building up that confidence so that we can work on this. Dogs do not have to live in anxiety. If your dog is anxious, they do not have to live this way. Please understand that there are things that we can do. There's training. There's medication. Your dog should not be living an anxious life. It is not healthy. It will mess with their immune system. They will have problems down the road. Um, anxiety and stress really wears your body out. Um, so be sure that you are giving your dog everything that they need. Um, and if you're not sure what that is, reach out to us. Uh, if you need some training, reach out to us. We'd be happy to help you. Check us out at dogspeak101.com. You can shoot us an email, info at dogspeak101.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate. And lastly, we do have a book available on Amazon. Um, now, it was our first book that we put out. We have not um, done a second edition, but there's still good information in there. And it's called When Love Isn't Enough. And you can get that on Amazon. Uh, just look up When Love Isn't Enough by me, Nikki Ivey. And uh, that's a good book on building up confidence to help deal with this anxiety 
um, especially if you're just suffering, if your dog is just suffering from a mild case, um, that would be a really good resource for you to start working on things. And then, of course, we have our foundation course on udemy.com. That's U-D-E-M-Y.com. And it's very affordable on there. You have lifetime access to it. And basically, you're having a one-on-one -on -one session with me. I'm just doing video, but you can watch and see all the things that we do as far as setting expectations and starting to teach our dog to think and use their brain on a regular basis. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I hope you stay tuned for more things that are coming, and be sure to subscribe, and I hope to hear from each and every one of you very soon. Love you guys and appreciate you so very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week.